Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm Jenny. And I'm Justin. And today we're going to be reviewing the 2022 Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But first, if you don't know, we have a YouTube channel with our movies, our awesome movies. We make them on the weekend. We direct it ourselves. We are the actors. We are everything. (laughs) And they're pretty awesome. Jenny, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 Netflix film. I hope that this is going to be the best movie I see in 2022. It was so good. I I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important when you watch a sequel, especially a sequel to a movie that happened in 1974, that you really don't try to compare it too much to the original. Mm-hmm. Just kind of take it for what it is. And I feel like if you do that with most movies – um, you get a better experience. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, you know, there may be story, like story gaps or whatever between this film and the original. Because uh, there's a, I mean, what was it? It was like 50 years or something that Sally said that she's been trying to hunt down Leatherface. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of time has passed, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got completely different directors. They're all, you know, interpreting this movie in different ways. Right. I liked how they did bring a couple of elements in from the old movie. Um, for instance, the the barbecue opening up, mm-hmm. the barbecue scene, the sizzling barbecue, right? And then you've got like the – you still have that uh, obstructing sound that in the first movie you have the generator going. So people are disconnected with sound. They can't hear people getting killed mm-hmm. or they can't find their friends because they can't hear each other. In this new film, you have the um, the rain. The rain is so falling so hard that no one can hear anything. And then on the bus, you have that really loud music. So you keep all your your victims disconnected. You've got using the chainsaw sound as kind of like um, like you could you knew that he Leatherface was getting closer with the sound of the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you're just waiting, like, where is he coming from? You know, and both films did that. Then you've got um, the Polaroid. They were trying to bring that Polaroid. They showed that Polaroid like four times in this new film, which yeah, I was like, that's a, a little lot. much. <laughs> it, it was a lot that they showed the Polaroid. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we, we get it. We remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and, then, and then, of course, the chainsaw dance, which is the best. Yeah. So... Um, so at first I was, I didn't like that there was so much time in between the films that was unexplained, Mm -hmm. but then I started thinking about it and I was like, actually, that's, that's kind of a cool way to do it. Right. Because, so I feel like they tried to kind of tie it together by showing that picture of all the kids in the orphanage. Mm -hmm. And there was like the big kid in the back with his face all scratched out. And I don't know if they were implying that that was Leatherface or I feel like maybe that's what they were trying to do or I'm completely wrong. But I feel like if that's what they were trying to do, they they shouldn't have, have done that, right? They should have just left it completely open because then my mind started to go of like, well, how did Leatherface show up here, right? 
And then in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, this old lady runs this orphanage and maybe she got shut down because of funding or because like regulations from the state or for some reason she got shut down. And then she comes across Leatherface, who's like this vicious killer with the mind of a child. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, he doesn't have a home anymore because, Mm -hmm. you know, the cops came to his house and tore up all the dead bodies. And who knows what happened to the uncle? I mean, the brother got ran over by a truck. Right. Um, So to me, I picture in my head, like she meets Leatherface somehow Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, this poor child needs my help Mm -hmm. because everyone, everyone else has been taken away from her. Right. Right. And Leatherface to me always like was trying to fill that mother role in the first movie Mm -hmm. because that's why he wears his like pretty lady mask. Right. As Mm -hmm. it's, as it's called. And he is actually like serving the dinner. And that final scene where they're all at the dinner table together. So, like, he kind of, like, would fill that role of, like, the motherly figure Mm -hmm. in his old family, right? So, now he has this motherly figure in, like, the orphanage. And, like, that's that's just, like, where my crazy mind went with, like, I just invented a whole story by myself. (laughs) Um, But I think that was probably the smarter move than trying to, like, shove it down our throats about how he actually ended up there. Well, did you there was a there was a there was a small detail that was brought up in that documentary in the very opening the very first opening scene. Mm-hmm. They put in there that this killer was from the the age of 16 years old to 20 years old. So, if they thought if they thought that he was 16, that makes sense cuz that was 1973. Yeah. The photo was 1975. I tell you what, man, if he was 16 to 20 years old in the original, that's a big ass 16 year old. He was huge. He was I mean, I've seen corn, some, I've seen some, yeah. Bed. I mean, it's Texas, you know, so who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's a mystery. I kind of like the whole mystery thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing with Sally, right? Like they're just like, yeah, she, she went off and became like a Texas Ranger yeah. and was trying to hunt him down, which mm-hmm. is funny because in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, mm-hmm. which is actually not part of this timeline, I guess, I this movie is a sequel to the original from my understanding. Um, Dennis Hopper's character plays a former Texas Ranger who is the uncle to Franklin and Sally Harvesty. Oh. And he's hunting down Leatherface. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's kind of like a cool little coincidence yeah. that, you know, she went off. And plus, I just love the fact that she was like this hippie back in the day. And then yeah. she just becomes like a badass Texas Ranger, like, <laughs> right. like hunting down Leatherface, you know? <laughs> so uh, again, I kind of like how they kind of left her story a little vague, you know? It yeah. was just kind of like, yeah, she's been looking for him. You know, and I love that line when the gas station attendant is, you know, like he was wearing a mask, you know, could be anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was kind of (laughs) cool. So a few other things I liked about this movie. It definitely delivered in the the violence department. This movie was incredibly violent. Oh, yeah. Um, There was a few times when I said out loud, like, fuck, you know, when stuff happened, especially when when Richter got his leg broken. I, I verbally was like, fuck, because <laughs> that was brutal, dude. Uh, it, it actually was pretty suspenseful, too. Like when the uh, first the blonde girl was trapped in the van, mm-hmm. like that was that was pretty suspenseful. Mm-hmm. And when Mel was hiding under the bed during, you know, Leatherface getting the chainsaw of the wall and then the Richter fight, um, that was also pretty suspenseful. Right. So they I feel like they they did a pretty good job building suspense. Mm-hmm. So I 
Thinking about Leatherface, kind of interesting that I know he was a child in the first movie, supposedly, right? Or a younger version of himself. But he was a very, we, even in our review, we talked about how Leatherface was a very childlike, innocent, very scared. You know, he almost did it as like a, like a defense, killed as in, in a defensive type of way. But he was also kind of like the butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was providing meat for the gas station, I guess, barbecue. But in this film, he was a straight-up murderer and killer. Right. And he was so brutal. Like, those scenes where he was killing people, like, like smashing Richter's face in, like, until it was, like, like just a hunk of meat. Like, I, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like, every kill was so brutal. There was a similar similarity with the, the two... Leatherfaces, though, where, you know, there was that scene where he's like, he's freaking big guy, but he that big guy can run. He was right. quick. And he was even quick with some of the kill scenes in the first film. But in this second film, holy cow, he is showing up out of nowhere. He just like is like ninja speed. You know, he comes out, he's busting windows, pulling people out of places like so fast. Yeah. Like I, I thought that was really cool about all of his like scenes. And then, um, and I thought it was really neat about this film is like they actually took the time to show that he had a little bit of feelings, that whole motherly love where he um, finally rolls, uh, like goes back into the orphanage and then he grabs his adopted mom's like dress and he has like a little bit of a cry scene. So that's, yeah, it shows like he's, he is human, you know, he had feelings. I also liked how they threw in some of the dark comedy from the original films. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not necessarily like the same bits or whatever, but like the same kind of essence of that dark comedy. Because we kind of forgot to touch on that in our first review about how, you know, the 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 cook comes back to the house and he's like, look what he did to the door. You yeah. know, he's upset about the door. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's butchering people on the inside. Right. Um, but on on this one, one of the scenes that made me kind of laugh was when – Leatherface comes on the bus and everyone takes out their phones and they start like live streaming them. And one of the guys is like, I'm going to get you canceled, bro, or whatever. And I'm like, what? Like, dude, Leatherface is about to cancel you, like for real. And then he does. He kills everyone in that bus. But I thought it was really interesting, though, because you can kind of see the like live stream feed of all the people commenting yeah. and they're like, Oh, this looks fake, whatever. Yeah. You like, know, I want to, I want to be there. Where's this at? You right. know, like, cause they, they all think it's fake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that got me going down this weird road where I, th- I started to think about this movie in 1974 uh-huh. and the original and how they said it was based on a true story. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it got me thinking in 1974, this was it was such a unique movie mm-hmm. that like some people probably believed like this had actually happened mm-hmm. in some small town in Texas. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in today's age, you could be live streaming something of people getting massacred by a chainsaw and like nobody would believe it's happening. Oh, that's a that's a deep thought. <laughs> yeah. Like people would just be like, oh, that's that's totally fake looking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You could like no one believes shit today. Everyone's so desensitized. Yeah. I mean, that scene was so brutal. Oh, dude. It was a bloodbath. It, it literally was a bloodbath. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I know. The whole. Okay. Like the whole time I was like, open up a window. Like do something. Yeah. Everybody was like sheep getting slaughtered. Yeah. You know? There was another moment that it didn't really make me laugh, but I thought it was kind of like dark humor-ish where at the 
towards the very end when Leela draws down on Leatherface with like the AR-15 and is like, you know, like I think she says like, hey, Le- leather fuck or whatever. Yeah. And then she like pulls the trigger and there's not like a round in the chamber. Yeah. And she's like, oh, shit. Because I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. She's about to waste Leatherface. <laughs> and then I went from, oh, fuck, yeah, to... Oh, fuck no. Like, she doesn't know how to use that gun. No. I totally forgot about that. So I thought that was, like, kind of a, a cool moment, too. Uh-huh. The one question I have, though, is how in the hell did he keep that old lady's face on the entire time? Okay, I thought about that. Yeah. So it was bloody on the inside. And I think, like, whenever blood dries, it kind of is an adhesive. Right. So I think that that is why it, it stayed on. That's a strong adhesive, dude. <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, because blood gets sticky. It has that hemo yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but. Um... Here at Kaiju Carnival, we are not doctors. Do not take our <laughs> advice for medical advice. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that was, I mean, it stayed on and it didn't like, it didn't sag or anything. It right. looked, it looked good. God, it should look good the whole time. <laughs> it did look super creepy. It yeah. looked significantly creepier than the mask in the original. Yeah. Did you notice that nobody acknowledged Mel smelling like poop? I didn't notice that. Oh, I thought did? that oh, okay. was weird. And she even got a hug out of it? Yeah. By her sister? She was covered in poo. Okay. And I have a I have a question that I was thinking about this. Whenever uh, Sally goes up into the orphanage to confront Leatherface. It almost is a scene where Leatherface is like, Leatherface wasn't going to attack Sally. And Sally was, you know, she's doing her whole thing. Like, don't you remember me? But do you think that if Leatherface didn't hear those girls screaming in the back, which he, I think he felt like, oh my gosh, my job is not done yet. I got to w- liquidate these two girls. But if like he didn't attack Sally... Right. So do you think that if he had happened to kill all those visitors and Sally was the only one remaining, that he would have just surrendered? No. no? I, I honestly okay. don't think he remembered Sally at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And she was like very like – she was like astonished because it's the worst thing that ever happened to her in her life. But to Leatherface, it was probably like Tuesday. Yeah, and it became her life. Yeah. That's why she was kind of a little butthurt. Yeah, she was really, she was really like shocked that he didn't remember her. And I truly don't think that he remembered her. I don't know why he didn't just kill her then and there. Um, I'm not sure why. The other thing I thought about was, why in the hell did this old lady hide the chainsaw inside the wall? Oh my gosh. Okay. That is like, I have so many random questions. Um, But, but, okay. So I'm like, is that connected to... When she's about to die, the old lady's about to die, and she's like, don't go into my room. I think it's definitely connected. Okay. Why would you hide the chainsaw in the, like, I don't, like in the headboard, the back of the headboard, like, section? That was a little bit strange. Did he come to the orphanage with a chainsaw? <laughs> See, that, that, that leads me to that weird gray area of, like, did Leatherface show up at the orphanage with his full-blown, like, you know, bleeding leg and, you know, leather, you know, face mask on with a chainsaw? And she's like, oh, you poor thing. Come in here. I'll, they'll take care of you, you know? Um, yeah, that was that was weird. That was uh... Dude, when he took the chainsaw out of the wall uh-huh. and he was trying to start it, I was like, if that fucking thing starts, <laughs> I might be done with this movie. Because <laughs> that's been in the wall 
for like 50 years. Like, have you ever taken your lawnmower out of the garage after storing it for the winter? You can't start that thing for like an hour. You got you to gotta work at that thing. It's like, maybe you should buy that brand. Yeah. You know it's going to work after Dude, 50 like, years. Like, that is one hell of a promotional <laughs> yeah, statement right. for that chainsaw brand. <laughs> like, hey, man, you could put it in a wall for 50 years, pull it out, and start it right up, you yeah. know? gas Because gas goes bad, right? I'm sure after yeah, 50 years it does. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so at, during that scene, though, okay, so Mel is underneath the bed. I thought I, at that moment, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird because- the first movie, it was all about Sally and her incredible screams, right? Right. But in this movie, Mel was kind of like that that character, right? Yeah. She didn't scream. And when she did scream, it wasn't very, for very long. But this movie, she was silent most of the time. It was her – she has a beautiful mouth and teeth. And, like, she used her facial expressions to really show, like, without making um, any kind of sound or very small little bits of sound, you know, how – scared she was right so i thought that was kind of kind of cool how they did that with that character yeah she was like kind of a strange character to me because sometimes she was like incredibly emotional and then other times she's like hiding under the bed while a guy gets his head caved in and she's completely like silent i thought she was i mean if you make sound though you're gonna die yeah i know but like the way that she was reacting to other things in the movie that were like kind of like small things yeah. like she was very upset about the old lady dying which i i guess i can understand that yeah but she was like she seemed very upset about that yeah. just like the concept that they threw this old lady out of her house and that was even before she knew that they threw her out of her own house. Like she still had the, the deed to that house, you know. Right, because she even offered to go and go right. with her. And stuff. Yeah, she was. She's definitely concerned about her. I'm. I'm not saying anything was wrong with her character. I'm just like that was that was a little strange to me. I think that's what made me like her so much, though, yeah. because she has so much feelings and she's a very complex character. Yeah, she's definitely a complex character for yeah. sure. She's strong. She's a strong character, um, and. I think she was such a – she was a star in this film. Well, speaking of the actors, who was your favorite, like, character in this film? Mel. Yeah? Yeah. I think, like, I, I thought her acting was excellent. She was – like, she did a really good job with just being – I don't know, like, being scared, I guess. Right. And the opposite of that was her sister, right? Her sister was this kind of, like, awkward teenager, and she was, like, the – she was acting uh, – Mel's, like, the big sister role – so they did, they both complemented each other, even though Mel took a lot more uh, screen time. And even the little sister, um, Lila, right? Delilah. Yeah. Lila was, um, she, you know, she had all her little, her, not little, but her issues. But she was, I give her like a gold star for her shocked face. Right. The, why, the really big eyed, like, uh, I don't even know how you describe that. Just uh <laughs> Yeah, like that, that shocked, like stunned look. Stunned look. She yeah. did that really well. Like that was kind of like her role in this film. Right. So So I thought they did a really good job of almost making you dislike people immediately mm -hmm. and then showing like how they aren't as bad as you originally thought they were, right? Mm -hmm. So when the cops originally pull those guys over and you kind of get get a sense like, oh, these cops like don't want them in the town or whatever. And I feel like they kind of don't. 
You know, but then Mel kind of opens up to him. He's like, hey, my grandmother's from here. And they say some little saying from the town or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the cop's like, all right, you kids are okay. Like, carry on, you know, which I feel like is a very, like, small town, like, cop feeling to be like, you outsiders come in here. You're going to, like, buy up all the businesses. And this town means a lot to us, right? And the other guy that they really did that to is Richter. Yeah. Because you start out with Richter and you're like, this guy's like an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. This guy is not a good person. Uh, but he he ends up like trying to save everyone's life, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't. So, again, they didn't really go into backstory, but I'm getting like strong, like vet vibes from Richter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because, yeah. you know, when he was looking at Dante, I was like, oh, this isn't the first time he's seen someone die. He had that look in his face like, I I, I know where this is going. Right. You know? Right. And he kept his cool. With a lot of the scenes. Yeah, he yeah. did. And he, mm-hmm. he didn't hesitate either mm-hmm. when he knew that people were in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even had that moment with Lila when he realized that she'd been shot, mm-hmm. you know. And in, it, it really was kind of like a a touching moment almost because mm-hmm. it, it seemed like he had also been in situations before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm getting like, you know, like military vibes from him. Okay. Right? So I, I think the, when Richter, you know, is talking to Lila and he says, like, I'm a Texan. I don't like people telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of sums up his character in general. Mm-hmm. And it kind of explains kind of why he was probably came across as an asshole to begin with because he felt like, you know, here's these, you know, rich city people coming down here to, you know, throw their money around and to change things you know i don't know if he's from that area it didn't seem like anybody was from that area anymore mm-hmm. but i i really liked richter man and he was a badass dude when he was fighting leatherface yeah. and leatherface broke his leg and he kept trying to fight him like yeah. dude the i i kind of knew that he was going to like die because it was like all right well obviously he's not going to go in there and just shoot leatherface but i was hoping like he would get like a couple shots off on leatherface <laughs> you know yeah and you know, even when when Leatherface slams his neck against that window shard, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of like steps back and kind of like has that woozy look on his face and kind of touches the blood and looks at his hand mm-hmm. and then collapses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I felt like that was just done so well because it seemed so. Re- I mean, obviously, I've never seen something like that happen before. Right. But like, I would think that when someone suffers like a traumatic wound, like they are in like a, a sort of like daze shock. Like and shock, shock mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, oh, you know, and then, you know, passes out. But I just, I really liked his character. Man, this movie had so much cool cinematography. Mm-hmm. I really think that this was just like a really well shot movie. And like, it's so weird because watching it from like a, the perspective of like how it was filmed, I'm like, man, this, this is, it's so good. And it's also, like, incredibly violent. So it's, like, this weird, like, it's beautiful, but it's also violent kind of thing. Yeah. So one of the things that stuck out in my mind was when that van was running through the field. Mm -hmm. And then they switched that overhead shot, like, right as the van smashes into the combine. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so cool, man. I also really loved their use of lighting in this movie. Oh, my gosh, yes. That was fantastic. There were so many moments yeah. So there's this one scene um, whenever Sally arrives to the at night to, to the sheriff's van and you've got her fog lights blaring. You've got her regular lights on her SUV. And then you've got this really wide shot. Right. Because you got those creepy dried up sunflowers um, standing like little soldiers. Right. 
and then you have high beams and you have her hazard lights like blinking over and over again. And then as she comes out of the vehicle, she's got her her flashlight that she's sweeping back and forth. You've got all these lights. Yeah. And it is looks almost like a UFO. It's like so cool the way that they shot this this like scene. They did a really good job with the lighting overall in this in this movie. Yeah, an- another scene that stands out in my mind is when we first see Sally when the gas station uh, attendant calls her and she's in her barn mm. and all that light is coming through like the slats in the barn and she's like butchering the pig and I yeah. was just like, "Man, this is so good looking." Yeah. So, I think the director of photography for this movie, Ricardo Diaz, did a fantastic job. Um, as we've been doing this podcast and kind of dissecting all these films, I'm starting to see how big of a role the director of photography plays in a movie. You know, a lot of the times people are just like, oh, the movie was directed by so-and-so, right? And they don't really look into the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this movie was so, like, beautifully shot. Like, you have to give that guy props because right. it was so good. The, the other thing is, like, the editors, man. Like, when it comes to the score of this movie, mm-hmm. I really – like the sound effects for the violence. I feel like it really added to it. And also, I think that the music also added to the suspense of the film because I watched it twice. And the second time around, I couldn't really pick out any music that I felt was out of place. I feel like it all kind of added to it. Yeah, they did bring in, at least towards the end of the movie, they brought in a little bit of the electric guitar sound. Was it? Do you think it was similar to the first film in any way? No, not at all. No. Because I don't remember any music in the first film. I, I don't like know if there was there's a lot of pans, pans being like, you know, like So I actually, I actually heard for the first film that most of the sounds were sounds you would hear in a slaughterhouse. Oh. Which okay. kind of makes sense. And I, it's really hard for me to kind of analyze this, the score for a movie mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not really a musical person, right? Mm-hmm. So- Whenever I watch it, I'm just like, yeah, it seemed it seemed like it added to it. You know, mm-hmm. I can't really pinpoint, you know, like the instruments or I wish I was more of a sound guy because as we know from trying to make our own little short films, um, like sound and music is like key to portray the emotion you're trying to portray in a scene. Right. So I really liked how they used the creaky floor. Yes, in that a lot was good. Of it, yeah, like I know that's that's more of a sound effect, but right, it it really. I mean, I'm just imagining this is an old orphanage, and like with lots of kids running around, and like if kids are sneaking downstairs, like I'm sure that those kids also went on the opposite side of that railing to like avoid. And they oh, that's knew, a, that's interesting. Yeah, and then yeah, because that's how kids are, right? They know where the creaky spots are, right? Um, and maybe and that's like, maybe that's why she didn't hear Leatherface when he was walking. Because he ended up at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. bet. And then he, he's mapped out the floor. He, he he hits her with that vicious hammer blow, dude. Yeah. He threw that hammer so hard. <laughs> he appeared so quickly, though. Yeah. He's like, whoosh. And he's like, you right there. <laughs> I had a lot of favorite scenes in this movie. So one of them was when Leatherface is killing Dante 
and that door is swinging back and forth. Shut up. That's my favorite scene. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was a really cool concept yeah. because you kind of get like a little bit of it and then you're like, oh, what's going on? And then back and it's a little bit more and it doesn't do it for too long. No. I feel like it could have gone on longer and I still would have been down for it. I would have been like, that's still like a really cool, like I just thought it was rad. I mean, I don't even think a swinging door goes that has that much momentum. But it was just enough. It was like it was it was good because th they only showed you just a little bit, and you like, oh my gosh! Yeah, he came through that door right right afterwards, and then he collapsed. Right, yeah, right? Dante yeah. did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was that was so cool, man. Um, One of the scenes, I, I know this is all like kill scenes, but the it happened so quickly. The uh, deputy in the back gets his wrist snapped. Which ends up with this like razor sharp bone, shards of bone sticking out. Which Leatherface in this film, he is an opportunist. He is taking every chance. He's like thinking very, very quickly on his feet. He uses that to pierce the jugular, you know? And then, as, but then the guy, the deputy, accidentally shoots the sheriff. And then they run into the uh, farm equipment. And it happened so fast. It was right. just, but it was just like, it was just, it was like a really good, the way they filmed it was really awesome, I think. Yeah. Another one of my favorite scenes was when Mel was hiding underneath that bed. Mm -hmm. And it was the whole Richter fight and Leatherface getting the chainsaw of the wall and all that. I just felt like it was really suspenseful. And I couldn't imagine being Mel in that position where Richter, you know, unhooks the keys from his belt because yeah. he's like, I'm dying. Like, I, Hopefully you get away, you know, still trying to save people. Right. And Leatherface just caves his head in and blood is just splattering all over Mel's face. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, has to deal with it. Like that was intense. I don't think I've ever seen anything get smashed like that. That was brutal. Yeah, dude. it was. This movie was very brutal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like, oh, like you're not even going to recognize him. Like this probably is what happens to people. You know, like horrific accidents that happen and you right. roll up in a scene like that's your job is to like collect, you know, the body or like investigate and stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I cannot imagine that this is what you see. Right. You know, um, I particularly liked the very last scene where Lila is about to end Leatherface. She doesn't have any more bullets in that shotgun. And then it's kind of like it's not enough to kill Leatherface. He's still standing in front of that pool. The random pool that that was created because of all the rain, I guess. And then the sister just out of nowhere, she comes out and like she comes out like a superhero. And I was that was very much like that was like such a slasher thing, you know, like, oh, she's going to come. She's going to end the end this like regime, re, not regime, but like he's like reign of terror. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, of course, you, didn't, you know, it's not going to happen, but it looks it would just looked really cool. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I really loved that scene. That was one probably my I actually rewound that moment several times when she gave him the chainsaw uppercut, mm -hmm. right? Because it switches to an overhead shot mm -hmm. and Leatherface is looking up in the air and Mel is looking up in the air and she just has this like animal look on her face. Like her she's like baring her teeth. Yeah. And it kind of slows down, you know? And I was like, "Man, this is such an amazing shot." Yeah. Like I that that might be my favorite shot in the movie. 
And then Leatherface falls backwards into that puddle or that uh, it's not a puddle. It's like a basically a pool inside the <laughs> floor. Um, but he falls backwards and the way that the light comes through, oh, it's that, just like yeah. it's just th- this movie, like I said earlier, is just it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it's also incredibly violent, but uh, it just the cinematography was great in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. To me, like the like a movie gets made in several stages and it changes at every point. You know, you write it and then you go out and film it and it changes from what you wrote due to, you know, real world complications or whatever. And then you go into the editing process, which changes it even more. And I feel like the editing for this movie was fantastic. It was a really short movie. I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes of actual footage mm-hmm. before the credits. And I don't think they wasted any of that time. Like they 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 did not jam in unnecessary stuff. And I really like that about this movie. Yeah. So we kind of said how we felt about the movie at the beginning, uh-huh. but how did you feel about this movie? It's one of the best films I think I've seen. Right? I yeah. feel like I feel like it's one of the best horror films I've seen in a while. Yeah. And we've been watching a lot of horror films. But man, I just I think the cast and crew did such a great job mm-hmm. and they didn't waste anyone's time. They basically, once the killing started, it just continued on till the end. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was great. The score was great. Um, the director, David B- uh, Blue Garcia, this is actually his second movie directing, but he's held other jobs on other films. Like he was the director of photography on a uh, movie called... Bloodfest, which I saw, which was a, a fun movie. What did you think of the ending when Mel dies? Oh man, I was so shocked. I was too. I was, sh- I was, I because I kind of like fell in love with her character, right? And it's this whole movie, all the main characters ended up dying, and I just didn't think that the last person remaining was going to be the young sister. Right. You know, so I hate that when they do that in the films where, you know, they're because the their mood, their those two girls moods were like upbeat a little bit. They're like, like, we survived a little bit too upbeat, I would say. It was so fucking like jarring, though, when he <laughs> broke that window and pulled her out. Oh, yeah. Or actually, did he break the window or was it down? It might have been down. Um, No, it was up. Yeah. Because the only one that was open was the top. Right. Yeah. It was so fucking jarring, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like he just snatched her out of the car, and it's on autopilot, and the younger sister comes up through the skylight and just watches as Leatherface just decapitates her sister. And then he does his little chainsaw dance. And at the end of his little chainsaw dance, he slashes down, and it slashes, like, right into the credits. And I was like, <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. <laughs> Um, two things about that last film, last scene though, was you couldn't hear the chainsaw because that car was, well, no, say, I don't know. The chainsaw was going the whole time, but for some reason they couldn't hear it, even though that top window was open. I'm not looking that far into it. Yeah. But then also her being, her being on that autopilot and like pulling away, it was once again, the whole first film where she's in, although she's not laughing like Sally because she's gotten away. Oh, and she was kind of pulling away back. from the scene. Yeah. yeah. And she is, oh, was she, she was driving. She was in the driver's seat. Right, but, but it was she, on autopilot. Was no, yeah, but it was yeah. like, 
she's pulling, being pulled away from it, and Leatherface once again is left behind, and then he does this beautiful dance. So his dance was a lot more violent than it was like beautiful in the first movie. It was awesome though. I think no, it was rad. Yeah, I loved I think, it because because so. if he'd done it any other way, I think would have been like, oh, this is a cheesy film. Yeah. They're all trying to you know typical sequel. Dude, I just I thought it was such a fucking slasher move though to have him come back. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on Kaiju Carnival. I'm Justin. I'm Jenny. And make sure you check out our Twitter at Kaiju Carnival so you can see what we're watching next week. So you can also watch it, then tune in to see if we all had the same thoughts. And also visit us at Instagram, Kaiju underscore Carnival, and see what we're up to. We'll see you next week. Matane.